You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh weekly. For more hot takes, go and give me a follow at Just Plain Zach. For really funny Instagram stories, um, I post, I'm chronicling my li- the lives of my neighbors across the street. I'm doing some fun TikToks, dancing in the shower. It's a good time over there. And if you want to keep up with the latest show news, follow at No Filter with Zach. It's real funny over there. You're not going to want to miss it. So today's guest, I'm really excited to chat with. You may know her as the queen of Versailles, but she's so much more than that, including a model, a beauty pageant director, and now a published author and philanthropist. But she's still the queen in my eyes. Please welcome Miss Jackie Siegel. Oh my God. Thank you, Zach. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, this is just fabulous. Um, I've heard about your, your broadcast and I'm just so honored to be on your show. Well, I am so honored to have you. I was watching both. I saw both documentaries last night. I had a full movie night. I had my popcorn ready and I was like loving every second of it. I have to say the, I watched them out of order. I watched Princess Versailles, which was your most recent documentary that came out last year. Yeah, and yeah, then you watched it backwards. I did, but I liked watching it backwards because it kind of showed me the evolution and the growth. Um, so, but uh-huh. it was, it was good. I mean, it, they both have so much heart to them that I really enjoyed them and I appreciate that. Oh my God. Thank you so much. And I wish I could have been there in your movie marathon last night. I mean, it was fun. It was a good time. So I'm doing so many uh, like other things too. I'm, I'm going to be on another couple episodes of below deck. That's going to be on Bravo um, in September. When I told people that I was going to be interviewing you on this show, that's the first thing they said. They're like, I remember her from Below Deck. And I didn't even know yeah. you were on Below Deck until they brought it to my attention. And, and the thing is, like, um, I, I guess I'm not really supposed to be talking about it yet because they'd like to do their own promotions. You know, that's how, how Bravo works. But um, um, but I guess your, your viewers heard it first, so... <laughs> And then they said you also, did you have a connection to Jeff Lewis and Flipping Out? I think they said. Yeah, yeah, we did a couple episodes. Jeff was amazing. Um, He came to Versailles um, a few years ago, and um, it was just quite overwhelming um, for, um, I wanted to hire him to, um, to help us with Versailles, but he had so many projects and his TV shows uh, just doing so amazing that um that i i don't think it like it worked out because i'm on the east coast and he's on the west coast and stuff but um yeah we're still in touch and 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 stuff um but maybe he'll help me out towards the end end again maybe i'll invite him to come back but uh, you know we actually um crazy as it is like if anyone has seen queen of versailles the movie how we stopped construction in 2008 we were back on track just last year. And then with this whole COVID-19, we, we couldn't have that many people in the same place. Like all non-essential businesses had to get shut down. Right. So th- they stopped construction on Versailles again. Oof. I know that's why I'm, I'm here taping, taping in, in my apartment because my studio's closed. <laughs> I'm over here being tight. I'm being lighting oh, guy and God. technical guy yeah. and host at the same time. I'm wearing all the hats. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, so we, we stopped construction, but now we're, we're going to start back up again. So we're, so we're what, hoping. 
can you fill in the gap between so when we last saw you guys you would you were about to sell Versailles in Queen of Versailles but when we see Princess of Versailles you guys had had started up production or um started up construction again so can you fill in the gap between 2012 and 2019 right so um we we never sold Versailles we decided to keep it the bankers at the time of 2008 during the financial crisis um forced us to list it so we did um but but no one ever bought it i mean i guess no one had the 100 million dollars at that time everyone was suffering so i got lucky and i got to keep it so so i'm still with it um and, and i plan on finishing it so um um after the the um movie the queen of versailles like it kind of leaves everyone hanging like they didn't know what happened after if the house got done or not um we we did a show called Wife Swap, which is still like they can get it on demand, and it was a lot of fun. Um, we had our eight kids in it, and uh, so everything was going great. Like the economy was back. Like an, uh, and um, like my husband bought a football team. He got a private jet. We we bought the Las Vegas Hilton, which I host the Mrs. America Mrs. World at, by the way. Um, yeah, so I mean, like, because I'm very involved. In fact, I'm wearing my Miss, uh, Mrs. Um, Florida t-shirt here. And Love then, uh, and everything was going like picture perfect. My family, I, you know, the eight beautiful kids, I couldn't ask for anything better in life. I mean, and, and then, um, unfortunately, my, my 18 year old daughter, the oldest one, died of a drug overdose. Like, all of a sudden she was just dead and that that like my whole world it didn't matter anymore like my the, the carpet was pulled from beneath our lives and that like building Versailles didn't matter anymore I didn't care about the house so we my husband and I we didn't go there for months but um what what we've decided to do um is is to um focus on our lives, the new leaf in life with the Victoria's Voice Foundation to save lives. And, and our goal, I mean, we've been doing so much with our foundation. I mean, we're going on a national level and you'll be hearing a lot more about us. Um, I'll have to talk to you a little bit about a launch I'm doing in Tuesday in Las Vegas. But um, um, like the, the drug epidemic is actually, getting worse amongst with with this COVID-19 and and people are stuck in their homes they're not getting um they're losing their jobs they're getting depressed they're and if they yeah. and they're, they're turning to drugs um alcohol drugs whatever and and but the um the fentanyl because the drugs nowadays are laced with fentanyl mm-hmm. Uh, on the street like a lot of them are and and, and so the death rate is up 200 percent from last year so- that's wild it's i mean and watching the princess of versailles which is the new documentary that's really where we see i have to say one thing you guys do really well in both documentaries but what was really refreshing in the most recent one is y- you're so candid and open with 
everything. I mean, from the moments right after her passing to you going back and going into her room, like you share all of those moments. And I know that there have even been some critics that were like, I remember you caught some heat for like taking photos of the coffin at the funeral. And so I know people Mm -hmm. have judged you for that. For me, I've always kind of looked at it as, you know, grieving. There's no one right way to grieve. And I found that it was really cathartic watching your journey. I've never lost a child or a parent, but I appreciated being able to relate to your experience. What do you have to say to critics that may not understand your grieving process? Well, the the thing is, the people that are criticizing me in the way that I cope with the death of my daughter are, are the ones that have not lost a child. Um, anyone that has lost a child, embrace me. Anyone who, that has seen the, the Princess of Versailles documentary that I, I put on YouTube, and it's for free, by the way. Um, I'm, I'm not making any money. My, 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 my um, reward is uh, hopefully it um, helps people to save lives. And, um, and I, I want the critics to know, um, if anyone watches this movie, um, especially someone that is a drug addict, they will understand you know they they may do an overdose and die but it's the people left behind the family and friends the people that love them are the ones that suffer for every day for the rest of their lives on on earth so i'm 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 just hoping it can influence them in that way you know to to think um um twice about order like buying a, a random pill at a concert or on a street on the street it was interesting. It you wasn't, don't know what's in it. It wasn't until watching your documentary that I heard about what a farm party is. And that's where kids are just right. raiding their cabinets and just like doing a free for all for all and, and seeing what what they get high off of. It's crazy. And and they're just mixing like it's, it's a big bowl of pills. I mean, they may go raid on um, grandma and grandpa's cabinet or whatever, or Aunt Bessie. And then and, and and they come and they just pour the pills in there and they and they're drinking and popping these pills. They don't even know what it is, you know. But um, I, I'm just hoping that that after seeing this movie, the the kids are going to think twice about mm-hmm. doing things like that. Because I tell you, even my my kids, um, I've I've got uh, teenagers and all the way up to 21 years old. So far, since this COVID nineteen, they've lost three friends. Wow, um, all drug drug related. How did and, you How did um, you coach or help your kids or the family, being the matriarch kind of of the household? How did you? Because obviously, as a parent, you have to grieve and go through those emotions, which you were very open about saying that you're not very good at processing your emotions, and it took you a while to kind of work through that. But how did you help? because you have so many other children that I would imagine that was very traumatic for them to experience as well. Um, I, I, I don't think I did a good job. I, I, it was awful. It was, I was so sad. And um, like I said, like, I felt like, why me? Like, like, and, and until um, um, I got the strength to start talking about it, um, well, you know, actually, um, what, what, the night Victoria um, passed what, ap- the, after the funeral, what I did do is I got a bunch of mattresses and I put them in our great room and our whole family, all the kids and, and me and my husband and dogs, we had a big slumber party. So we all slept in the um, 
the, our great room for a few nights together. Aww. So, I um, mean, we, we did show each other love, but um, the thing is, it got kind of hard. Um, like, uh, we all got so depressed and we, we probably should have gotten counseling, but like for me, I'd rather like put my feelings away rather than bring it out. And, um, and we all kind of, it, it kind of separate, like separated our family a little bit there for a while, but I, uh, we've all gone through our morning and we've got like, um, an extra strength right now. And, um, I've got my uh, one son, Drew, who's 17 years old. He's becoming an influencer and I'm taking him out to Las Vegas on Sunday um, and Sunday um, at our Westgate Las Vegas resort. We have um, a huge party bus that I'm actually dealing with some issues right now because uh, it just broke down. It's in Texas right now. But oh, so, no. <laughs> yeah, but it's this huge um um, bus that we're, we're going to like take uh, have the influencers on and go across the country and um, and communicate each influencer has between 500,000 to 2 million viewers and they're all wow. like teenagers and that's the that's who we want to reach because we want to um, show them that these influencers they're basically since they're friends with me now I, I've been taking them on trips and that they're doing fun things like jumping off of cliffs, wakeboarding, um, jumping off of um, uh, the stratosphere in Las Vegas. They're, they're seeing things that they never did before. And had they been doing drugs, they wouldn't have this opportunity right. to be involved with, with um, our, us, with the Victoria's Voice um, program in, in Westgate. So, and their influence, it's giving the, their viewers some amazing things to watch and, and enjoy, you know? And that's really so, what we need right now is, is content that keeps us engaged and content that, that keeps us focused away from, you know, just sitting with our thoughts or watching too much content mm -hmm. that's too dark and that kind of gets us stuck in that cycle of depression. I know even your twins, they wrote a book, right? Oliver Uncollared. They did. And that was yeah. kind of their catharsis and their way of grieving their sister. How did, was that something, was that your idea? Was that their idea? And how did you support them on that endeavor? Well, um, when we went through our grieving process, the, the twins, they were only eight years old. They didn't understand what drugs were and they didn't understand how their 18 year old older sister could die just so instantly and without warning. And, um, and I told them, um, let's work on a project together. Um, and I encouraged them to write a story about a, a dog and, and our dog, Oliver, um, his, um, it's, it's basically like for tweens, you know, like, like 12, 13, 14, you know, your, your old, um, reading about a do our dog that was left home when we went on a trip and he, and he just gets into mischief with like the, the bird, the, the bunny rabbit and, and all that stuff. So it's kind of like the movie home alone, but it's based on a dog. So it's along that premise. And, and, and they also have some fun activities at the end of the book, like how to make dog treats, like dog biscuits. So we have like a cooking recipe. We have um, how to make a bling dog collar. So it's engaging. And then at the end of the book, for, for the parents, we, we do have like some education for them. 
because my husband and I, we did five years worth of education going up to the DEA um, in Washington, D.C. In fact, I'm meeting with the drug czar next week. By the time mm. this is broadcasting, I, actually the same day, I'm meeting with the drug czar. So, um, uh, so, so it was just a fun thing for the twins, you know? And we even see this shift in your husband, David Siegel, who is known as a very successful entrepreneur. We see him in the Queen of Versailles, and he's very much focused on not letting go of the company and staying, uh, you know, on top of profits. And then we see him in this new documentary, and he's like, my life has totally shifted. And your, your life is now focused on advocacy and focused on helping other families. And we see really candid conversations of you coaching and counseling other families through this. How do you feel like your priorities, because he talks about how his priorities went from work to activism. Do you feel like yours were similar? And how did your priorities shift after the passing of Victoria? Um, oh my gosh. Well, I, I have a total different outlook on life. And I think um, when um, what happens is because some people, they do recognize me from when I was in the Queen of Versailles movie and they know my story. They, they, I guess, I guess I must've like her name and my name were all over the news when she passed away. Um, I didn't watch TV like at all, like uh, during those, those days. Right. But um, yeah, I heard it was like a Good Morning America and, and Kathy and Hoda and all that stuff. And um, it just, um, like I find out, like, so with everything that we're doing, um, I'm able to, right now, everyone wants to save lives. Mm -hmm. And everyone knows someone that's doing drugs or someone that's, um, you know, has, has a, some sort of a dependency problem. And, and, and also it's like a, a support people with mental, mental health or depression, because it all intertwines. Some right. people self-medicate because they're, they're depressed. So I just felt if I did, um, as a mother, uh, and I know my daughter is behind me on this, everything is falling into place. Like, clockwork i mean i i just so many people start foundations when they're when their child dies right right and but they don't know what to do like you know they say instead of sending flowers send money to you know the the um david smith foundation you know or whatever you know and they don't right. know what to do so we we finally it's taken this time and we've figured it out and i know you wanted me to mention about like we're the ones me and david they, they got the bill passed for the um, um, uh, Narcan. Yeah, was that the it, it, CARES Act? It's the CARA Act. And, but and people wouldn't know what that is, but it's, it's about getting the um, finances to put the Narcan in every first responder's cars across the nation. And, and they're using it. I mean, I, I talked to the um, police chief here a couple months ago and he's used it over his department used it over a thousand times can you explain because like, i wasn't i wasn't familiar with it until watching the documentary can you explain the role that it plays in helping to prevent drug overdose okay so um no one knows what narcan is but um if uh, everyone knows like anti-venom for snake bites mm -hmm. so basically narcan is like the anti-venom for um uh, opioids 
whether it's heroin or um, pills, like, you know, Percocets and all that stuff. So it brings the people back to life. Uh, they have about a, like a two hour window. So if, if they're dying and turning blue because their lungs and everything are shut down and they inject them with the Narcan, it's just like a, like you can put it in their nose or they have also a needle form that you can put it in like in their arm or leg. But um, the, I, I, the nose one is much better. And all of a sudden they start breathing. You have two hours to, to get them to the hospital and, and flush out their system and save their life. But it basically blocks the neurons from the brain of getting the, the opioid. Wow. Oh, it's, it's called the, the Lazarus drug. It's awesome. I mean, and I love you guys really fought hard for that. And you went to, you know, you got the law actually passed. And um, you even showed that you got the president to sign it and send you a letter back. And like, that's, I mean, I think the work that you guys are doing is incredible. What is your next sort of mission with the Victoria's Voice Foundation? Like, what are you guys looking to tackle next or in the future? Okay, so our our next thing, um, we're we're also going to start um, the Victory Clubs which is a drug-free club. We're going to do it at, at large. Originally, we were going to start it like in every school. Um, now, I know Nevada, because we have a big presence in Nevada, um, and also in Orlando here, we've got some schools that are adopting the, the Victory Clubs. The Victory Clubs is an incentive program for students that um, as long all they have to do is agree to be random drug testing or subject to it. Doesn't mean we're going to drug test everyone, but they know that they could be drug tested, okay? But in the meantime, we're working on these benefits, um, and we're we're not quite ready to launch it yet because we we still got to get the benefits all in order, um, like discounts at Subway, um, uh, discounts on their car insurance. We're trying to uh, find the, a car insurance company. We're in talks with a few of them. Can you imagine if your insurance was like six, seven hundred a month, but we got it down to like two fifty, just because the insurance company now will agree to it because they know you're going to be a safe driver as right. far as not driving under the influence. So we're we're trying to get all of the benefits in line first before we start um, having the the kids take the pledge to That's incentivize great. them. I mean, and and any of the the high schools that are involved. We're um, going to let the Victory Club kids make sure that they, they have um, premier parking, like in the front, like in high school. They can park right next to the school instead of out in two, two, Timbuktu. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe better seats at the football games or um, and we're working on concerts. I mean, you know, it's going to be like so amazing. So we're all in talks with that, but you know, this whole COVID-19 thing. Crazy. Put a little damper on, on some of this stuff, but um, it's going to be so amazing. That's awesome. So since we are stuck in this COVID situation and most of the country is still locked down and, you know, a lot of people aren't working and we're stuck at home and depression and anxiety and suicides are even going up. What advice do you have to any parents out there that might be listening that, you know, may suspect that their kids may be on drugs, may know that their kids may have dabbled in drugs, but what advice do you have to prevent another situation where they might lose their child to an overdose? Well, you know, actually I would tell the parents they should probably order my Victoria's voice 
book. It's on Amazon, Victoria's Voice, and it's her actual diary. And they can see that, um, like the progression of when, when my daughter was 12 to when she was a teenager until she finally died at the end of the book, uh, that um, this could be going on behind their child's closed doors. I mean, I didn't know this side of my daughter. And if you know, we're my husband's a billionaire and it happened to us, it could happen to anyone in the country. I mean, drugs has no um discrimination against race, religion, um, financial background, anything. So I want it to be an eye-opener for them. And also if their teenagers read it, um, they'll know that they're not alone with right. having some depression issues or not being good enough. And and unfortunately, my daughter, feeling all this stuff, she did turn to drugs, and but she dies in the end. So hopefully that could be an eye-opener for them too. You know what I mean? And um, so the parents um, also, just because that they say you have to stay at home and don't go out, there are other options that we can all do. I mean, right. I don't know if, if you, some people have pools. I mean, I live in Florida, so, or a lake, you know try to do some outdoor activities. I mean, I take my kids, they go boating almost, well, we have a boat on the lake, a ski boat. So, you know, I keep them very active. So they're not sitting in their room and they're not just like on a, you know, their phone. Locked into you know? a device and detached from the outside world. I think that's a really big issue is too many people are focused in on um, escapism mostly through their devices and social media that they're yeah. they're not acknowledging the emotional turmoil that they might be feeling inside. Oh, and you know, um I do have a YouTube channel. It's yeah. called the, the the Real Queen of Versailles. Actually everything for me, like my Facebook, Instagram is the Real Queen of Versailles. And once in a while I'll do a TikTok. I'm not like real good at it because um I'm not a dancer, but I tried. And my last I one it. I did with some of the influencers um, was, uh, I don't know, kind of funny, but I got a lot of, of views from it, though. I'm but, gonna um, watch that. And, and my kids are like, oh, mom, really? You know, do you? it's like, well, you know, <laughs> you hang out with really... your young kids. That's what you got to do. <laughs> oh, yeah. I made my mom do some TikToks in, uh, in quarantine, too. We, we did a lot of fun stuff. <laughs> I know one thing that I really love about you is you really are just so unfiltered and open with your life. Is there ever a point where you are cautious about sharing certain parts or are you just for the most part an open book? Um, well, that's my problem. My whole life I've been an open book. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I get criticized for that too. But yeah, I mean, you, what you see is what you get basically with me. And um, I just, uh, I've got so many like um, offers and, and stuff coming up right now. I mean, I, I'm thinking about doing a, a, a TV show um, about finishing Versailles. Oh, yeah. So I, I may do that. So we're in talks with that, and um, and maybe something on Broadway. So we'll see. So Ooh. I got like a, a bunch of amazing st like things that uh, I want to share with the rest of the world because. Uh, Whenever I go out, they said, what are you doing next? What's going on? So I'd rather just do something and tell them, you know? Yeah. And, and also, yeah, so I, pretty much everything I'm doing, it's, it's just because I want to 
be there for my fans. Yeah. Because I, I love them. And um, there, there was something I've been doing, like videos, like um, a, a share here. Well, what's that um, thing where people can have me send a personal message? Oh, Cameo. Oh, oh Cameo. Yeah. So I signed up with Cameo. So I've been doing oh that my, with I my fans. Cameo. And, oh, and I'm that. cheap. I'm cheap. I'm only 20 bucks. I love that. <laughs> yeah. If anyone needs a birthday wish or someone like a lot and some of the stuff, some, some people have been depressed and just needed like, like a friend to, you know, give them like, you know, some words of encouragement. So, I mean, I, I've been having fun with that. I mean, I don't always have my, well, I have some makeup on today, but I mean, sometimes I'll, I'll just be in my bathrobe or my bathing suit by the pool or whatever I'm doing. It's like, Hey, Michael, I'm, you know, how you doing? <laughs> So to close out the interview, so we normally start the interview with our icebreaker questions, but I still want you to answer them, even though we're coming to a close. It's five quick questions, and it's really for us to kind of just get to know you a little better. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, so first question is, where did you grow up, and what part of the world are you currently living in now? Okay, I grew up in upstate New York. Um, uh, people, people that don't know New York, like I grew up like in the farm country in New York up towards like Sarasota um, and stuff like in the mountains. So a, a, a town with like 20,000 people, it wasn't that much. So I'm a small town girl, not a New York City girl. <laughs> um, although after college, I did move to New York City, um, which was amazing. But now I live in Florida. Orlando, Florida is my home. Um, I love Florida. Um, it's amazing because when you look at like when, when there's a blizzard going across the rest of the country um, in the winter time, I'll be sitting out in my bathing suit, reading the newspaper or sitting uh, by the pool, not realizing the rest of the country's paralyzed, you know, for a bad funny. storm. So um, <laughs> fun fact, what's one thing people would not expect about you? Mm, something people would not expect about me. Uh, well, they probably would expect it, but I sleep with all my dogs. <laughs> really? How many dogs do you yeah. have now? Oh, we've got seven of them. Oh, wow. And, and and they're not all small. Some of them are big, like a golden retriever and like a big With like your big husband hound. too? All, all of you guys just in one big bed? Yeah, well, our, our bed looks like a giant, it's like kind of a round bed. It looks okay. kind of like a, a, with a frame around it. It looks like a giant crib kind of. But the, and the dogs, we have like a little stairs going up to the bed for the dogs to get in. So they're just, they, they all have their spot and they're, they're all just like kind of around us. I love it. What is your drink of choice? It used to be a Cosmopolitan, but now that they um, invented White Claw, the, the, the um, seltzers, I'm really enjoying that, uh, um, especially because... Uh, I, I like to put it over ice and it's always hot down here. It's refreshing and, and, uh, I love a good seltzer moment. I don't have to worry about like limiting myself as much. Yeah. Like, like you don't have to worry about I calories like a, or sugar. Right. Cause there's a lot of sugar in the cosmopolitans and I always figure one cosmopolitan is not enough, but two is too much for yeah. me. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's easier to pace. No, I love it. Okay, last icebreaker question, which is my favorite question to ask. If you had to be reincarnated as a Kardashian, which one would it be? 
Oh my, I would be Kim Kardashian, of, her, of course. The OG. Um, yeah, she's amazing. And, you know, um, no matter what, she's one of those people, she could just wear her hair back in the tightest ponytail and her face looks, still looks beautiful. And I love the, the courage that she has, especially, you know, living in Hollywood to try to go and, and do great things um, in life, you know, yeah. to try to make a difference. You know, like she's doing stuff besides just be doing a TV show. Yeah, she's really tackling the whole prison reform and trying to make change in the world. Like, she, yeah. you got to give the girl credit. Yeah, that takes a lot of courage because I know um, people can, you know, like and some of that seems political or not. You like, so I don't know. It's a kind of a gray area, but like, yeah, you got to be careful nowadays. It's true. So, Jackie, thank you so much for chatting with me today. Aww. Where can people go to support your foundation, Victoria's Voice Foundation, and, and keep up with you? Give us your social media handles again. Okay, everything for me is The Real Queen of Versailles. So, um, The Real Queen of Versailles on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and I think .com, right, Sherry? I don't know. I don't even look at my own. Yes. <laughs> I got a social media girl for that. But yeah, I think it's all dot com too. So everything, the real queen of Versailles and Versailles is B-E-R-S-A-I-L-L-E-S. Yes. And then uh, Princess of Versailles is available for free right now on your YouTube channel, which is the real queen like, of Versailles, right? That's correct. And there's also other movies. Like I was in some monster movies and things like that, that I have um, posted on there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna have to check those yeah, out. Yeah, tonight. and I, uh, uh, what is it? The um, from the monsters, the um, Dracula, is it Jeff Lewis? That um, uh, well, that, that's before your time, but uh, I've got a, a few famous people that are are in that movie. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jackie. I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me and all of the advocacy work that you're doing to help people, you know, that are struggling with addiction or that have children that may be struggling with addiction. It really is so incredible. So thank you so much for being a voice in this world and for taking all of the criticism that you get from people for being so open and honest. I think it's it's really refreshing. Oh, thank you so and thank you so much for your your positive energy. I love it and all I want to do is give positive to everyone else. Yes. Well, thank you guys for listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. Everyone needs to go get a copy of Jackie's book and check out her foundation, Victoria's Voice. And don't forget to, to get the your kid's book, Oliver Uncollared, which is also available on Amazon right now. You have so many great, incredible resources available for people. So everyone, please go support Jackie and go watch The Princess of Versailles because it's really good and it, it really oh, will pull sure. on the heartstrings. Thank you guys for listening. You can give me a follow at Just Plain Zach or follow us on the show at No Filter with Zach to stay up with the latest show news. Give us a five-star review because I love that validation. And be sure to, to get ready. We have new episodes coming next Monday. All right, guys. I'll talk to you later. Bye.